You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Episode number 330. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media. How goes the move-in, my friend? You're all done? We're Well, we got everything in the house, so that's a good start. <laughs> <laughs> now it's putting everything back together. And I'm sorry we had a couple of shows we missed. I, I take responsibility for at least one of them. Maybe yeah, both I'll, of them. I've, <laughs> I'm sure I can take one, too. I've been doing lots of long weekend camping trips and it's been awesome but it's making it very difficult to keep on top of my work (laughs) so yeah Uh, oh that's the time of year right yeah it is it's it's summer everybody's out having a good time except me i'm packing and unpacking (laughs) oh well you've got a nice lake in your front yard so there you go or pond anyway you know that makes it that makes it worthwhile All right. Well, we've got a lot to talk about today. Uh, it came oh, together yeah. quite nicely. So uh, let's, oh, where did I lose my notes? What are we starting with here? Show notes. Here we go. So, oh yeah, I, I like this. This was an article by Simon Hesseltine on Search Engine Land. Um, and Simon talked about how to project SEO traffic levels and avoid saying, it depends. So the, the reason I thought this was good, I mean, normally I would have just skipped this by, but I saw that Simon wrote it and I know he's, uh, he knows his stuff. So I wanted to see what he said and he's got some good points. It's always going to be, first of all, it's always going to be, it depends, but yes, he at least hones it 
to a, a, an, edu an educated guess. So what he says here is that, you know, if, he, and I, I know he's talking more from an enterprise point of view, you know, a, a corporate structure where your boss needs to know, um, or you, you know, the upper management needs to know some idea of the chances of success and what it might mean for them. Um, you know, you're often put in a, in a difficult position. So I, I think that's the direction he's taken this. So first of all, he talks about baselining. And this is on searchengineland.com, so you can easily find it there. Uh, the baseline is, you know, determining you know, where your traffic's coming from, how much you're getting over a specific amount of time. Very, very simple, right? Mm -hmm. Next, look at seasonality. Has seasonality had any impact? Um, look at how your traffic's trended month to month uh, over the last three, five years, whatever you decided your baseline's going to be. Uh, there should be some consistency there. And not always. I know in my business there isn't, but in many businesses there is a consistency. Uh, and average them. Make sure you've averaged them and remove any outliers, such as, uh, in, this, in this case, he says, such as a typically lower numbers for one month in 2016 when a large portion of the site was not indexed during a site relaunch. You know, look for the things that could cause aberrations that would really mess your data up. Um, then he looks at annual trending. Uh, look at how traffic to your site has been growing year to year over the past few years. If your typical growth is 5% year to year, that's what you should most likely expect as a baseline growth. Uh, look at your history, uh, see what projects you've done over the years to get an idea of the impact they may have had. And, uh, you know, consider all of these when you're doing your trending. Uh, next, he talks about upcoming projects. Based on previous performance of projects, you can get some idea of how they may perform. Um, this could be, you know, you knew that it took X amount of weeks before anything took hold on average. You know, again, you can base these on averages. Use that to inform your quotes or, or estimates. Uh, you're going to have to take into, you know, have to have some caveats here. Search engine algorithm updates are going to be happening. They always do. Um, you know, you can always have a little list of caveats uh, just, again, to make it really clear to the uh, the upper upper brass that no matter what you say here, there's going to be stuff that you can't control. Um, have lots of caveats. That's all I can say. <laughs> I, think, I think for the new SEOs, one of the basic things to really take from this, um, when you're talking about traffic patterns, you're talking about projections, don't base it month over month. I still see that happening occasionally. You know, we did this much better than we did last month. Always look <laughs> at year over year. Year over year makes so much more sense because of the seasonality, because of uh, you know trends and business practices, and all the trends are different for different business niches, right? And seasonality is different for different business niches. Always go, always use year over year as your baseline. When you're like looking for growth. Yeah. I think that's and, a, the important thing to take from this. And there's lots of ifs, ands, or buts. I mean, if you're going to look at your year over year growth, but the first year was your first year of the website being around, well. It's not really going to have well, you're, <laughs> any you're guaranteed at least 100% growth. <laughs> yeah, guaranteed. And you're not going to see that kind of growth again, uh, likely, yeah. unless you've got something pretty phenomenal going on or it was very small amount of traffic to start with. So you, you got to take a lot of things with, uh, uh, with a grain of salt. But I, I liked it. I thought it was really sort of tricky topic that he went for that's going to have a lot of naysayers. But uh, I do think that, He's right. There are certain things you can do to at least improve your chances of, of being accurate. Um, but uh, yeah, always going to be some outliers there. Yeah, someone writes some good stuff. Yeah, he does. 
So another bit here is uh, just a small notice within the uh, advertising community. Uh, Google, uh, this is one of the uh, forums, uh, and Google uh, jumped in there to say, and this is, quote, we're in the process of launching a new notification that informs you when your business goes live on Google services like search and maps, unquote. Uh, this hasn't rolled out yet. It will only apply to U.S.-based uh, uh, in en-us is what they said which is what really confuses me because usually when they say en-us that's i guess that's it's usually in your header of your website i don't really think right. of it anywhere else i don't know where else you can figure that unless they're talking google search console uh, which well that's uh, what i was going to ask where are these notifications going to show up does it say are they going to be in the you know google my business is it going to be in search they're going to be email as far as i know or the notifications but i don't know for certain um, yeah. Let's see here. Uh, let me see if it, she actually mentions this. Uh, her name's uh, Allison, uh, and she states that, yeah, it's email. If you don't want to receive an email notification, you can unsubscribe by managing your notifications. Email. Managing Interesting. Where is it? Google My. That's again. It goes yeah, back to Google where is that? Is it Google My, Google my Business? Okay. Yeah. Which does uh, make sense, but you never know with these guys. But again, en-us is not a setting I, I know of in Google My Business. That's a Google Search Console. Um, so I guess, <laughs> I don't know. It's they, some, but something they do, to watch. <laughs> but I do, I do know one thing, though. It says, if your user language preference is set to en-us. So maybe it's your Google profile, period. Um, maybe, yeah. It's interesting wording. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how to take it, but uh, yeah. I think I think it's a fair bet that that doesn't mean only the U.S. Because unless, like for example, I don't use en-ca uh, on my sites because, frankly, oftentimes I get associated with the French then, and it confuses the hell out of everything <laughs> I do. Um, so I just use en-us to be sure I don't get French. <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe they were just saying they're only going to send it out in U.S. English. So if you're set in your personal to, yeah. to have everything in English, U.S.-based English, then you'll get it. If not, you won't. Yeah, which is and, and again, I, the reason I, I mentioned it only at the end there is that I like the idea that this could potentially be rolled out to the Canada as well. Just, again, it's about English, U.S. English. So, anywho, it's uh, good to see, and, and uh, I like the idea. I don't uh, – I've got a bad – I got one of those feelings. This is going to be a tester that's going to disappear, though. Uh, notifying yeah. you that we went online. There's just too many things that they do to change. You know, you could go offline the next day, and then they're going to get complaints. They're like, this isn't worth it. <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> it's like notifying everyone of, well, of algorithmic I'm, updates. But um, I'm glad they if, test stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's just hope it doesn't get tested. Everyone starts relying on it, and then <laughs> anyway. <laughs> It is nice though. I love the idea of knowing when these things have launched. That's it's it's, hey, it's the kind of thing that would just take a little little more off our plate. Uh, not you know keeping on top. Yeah, of, but if, if you think uh, about the millions of businesses they have to service with, that it sounds like a simple little thing to do, but with it's probably not with as yeah. many businesses and differences between systems. It's probably not simple at all. No. I doubt anything they do is simple. True that. Free lunches. Those are good. <laughs> All right. The next one's yours. Um, yeah. So it's, it's interesting. Um, 
Google has come out specifically and said that pogo sticking is not a ranking factor. And I, 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 I kind well, of understood all, what, what was pogo sticking mean. Yeah, I kind of understood what pogo sticking was, just kind of how it was referenced. But I personally, I hadn't heard it called that before. But it's basically the, the idea that if someone goes to the search results and they click on your link and go to your site and immediately come back and click on another one and then go over and come back. It's kind of like we talk about it sometimes in terms of dwell time. How long are they on your site once they click through into it? And if, they, if the dwell time is really, really short, they leave right away and go back to search. A lot of people have, have talked about that as being an issue when it comes to, to ranking factors. Well, Google's coming out very specifically saying that is not a ranking factor, which is good to know because there's always been a lot of speculation and a lot of conversation around it. Um, but then again, Google doesn't always uh, mean what they say, so I, I don't. I didn't. I never really thought it was. Now they're saying it's not, but I bet there's going to be people out there arguing that it probably still is. See, I, I wish I had a, a Dedic memory; it'd be so much easier. Yeah, but me, you need both. I'm, I'm ninety percent certain I've heard them say that they they consider um, bounce, you know, or not bounce, but you know, quick return to traffic, like. That pogo sticking is what they're calling it. I I was sure that they they did look at that. They did consider, you know, sites that are regularly just people come right back to See, results and go back to a particular. particular and and this is one of the, this is one of those situations where we get conflicting information from them. Yeah. You know, different people say different things at different times, and they don't coordinate their conversations or their messaging, and so we get confused. And this is one of those places where we. We have some of both. People say, yes, it works. No, it doesn't. But Google is now coming out very specifically and saying this is not a ranking factor. So, so when I read this, this quote, it's, and it's too lengthy to read out here, I'm getting the impression that they don't do it per page. He says individual pages a lot in this quote, but they would do it per site. You know, if they got an overall overarching so if, um, if different pages from the same domain had this pogo sticking happening, you're thinking that that would have an impact of the trust of the overall site, but not necessarily each individual search result. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I'm probably, reading, I'm probably reading into it. I just, I just, I don't believe that this is, again, I, I want to, I mean, but the fact is it doesn't make any sense. Um, I, I, from all the stuff I've, I've, I've heard them say before. So the contradiction is bothering me. Um, <laughs> but I, I would agree, though, that per page, you know, they're too big to doing that per page. It would have to be more of an overarching signal. But yeah. what does that mean? Hmm. But at the same time, we've heard talks about, well, they're not going to do that because that would open it up for manipulation because someone could set up a, a, a system to go in and, and you know, do a lot of pogo sticking on a competitor's results. It may be easy to script something and just have a computer running 24-7 that does that pogo sticking on a competitor's site and cause if them we, problems. If we assume that that had right. a major factor in the algorithm, you could even have yeah. a small thing. But hey, <laughs> it's no wonder some days we feel overwhelmed and just need to sleep. There's, yeah. there's a lot of stuff it's, to consider these days. Yep, yep. I think, it, I mean, honestly, though, it goes back to just creating valuable content, answering the questions people are asking in search. And that's, to me, that's just the baseline of everything related to SEO is providing the right information, 
that people are looking for. Then you don't have to worry about pogo sticking. You don't have to worry about, you know, all the weird little things that have a little miniature impact to us. The more you provide good information, the more authority your site gains over time, the more backlinks you generate, the more contact, the more reach you have in a search. It just all goes back to that to me. I mean, of course, you have to have the technical foundation set to have everything indexed properly, but it all goes back to the content. True enough. Okay, well, uh, on the we'll just take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Google bombing. Uh, so we haven't heard a long time, and I probably just got flagged by the uh, uh, homeland. But anyway. We'll <laughs> <laughs> SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Catholic Charities is committed to providing life's basic needs. We thank you for bringing us all here today, letting these people understand how Catholic Charities runs and how important these people are. And we ask you to guide them, to protect them, and keep them here forever because this community needs them. Visit www.catholiccharitiesusa.org to learn more. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. Through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, we can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So I didn't read this, and I'm totally intrigued. Tell me, tell me. Google so, bombing. Uh, Google bombing is back. Um, Google bombing, kind of. for those of you who haven't heard that phrase, and, and I'm not sure, um, it started, it, it, it always, whenever I see it, it tends to be political oriented. So I'm going to try to stay away from the political aspect of it as much as possible. But, but Google bombing is when a, a group of people together, usually people in Reddit, it seems like, get this going. They did it to George George Bush. And they, they ended up creating a bunch of links across the internet um, that used the phrase miserable failure. And they linked that phrase to George Bush's profile page on the White House's website, so whitehouse.gov. So anytime you searched miserable failure, George Bush's White House bio would show up as the number one result. So just by links 
um, they were able to get that page <laughs> to the number one position for a certain phrase. If you do it in Google and, Images, it works too. Yeah. Well, apparently now it works in Google Images. Google said they fixed it. So so whether it was a manual fix for the George Bush thing or they did something algorithmically, algorithmically to, to help prevent Google bombing, they said they took care of it. Well, it's back and it's alive and well in Google Images. And we won't talk about the political aspect of it this time, but if, if you go to Google Images and you search for the word idiot, I'm pretty sure you can guess what's coming up right now. Um, the whole, almost the whole page is pictures of a certain individual. Um, we won't mention his, <coughs> Trump, his name, um, but <laughs> it's, it's back. And it's interesting because it came from Reddit again. It's the same kind of situation where they kind of, I don't know how, I haven't been to the actual section on Reddit where they, they're organizing this or doing it. So I'm not exactly sure how they're doing it because it's not the same kind of, you know, it's not anchor text and link to get the images to work. I'm not sure the technical behind it, but they've basically coordinated an effort to get um, all these images to show up for this certain phrase of a certain person. And it's interesting that it's still working, even though Google said it at, at a time that they had fixed it and taken care of it. So, well, you know, it's always going to work, I, I would think. I mean, it's it's a clear it's kind of, signal. Yeah. And I was under the impression when they said they fixed it for the George W. Bush era or the George Bush era that they did it manually. So yeah. they're probably going to do the same thing here at some point. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much luck they're going to have. But anyway, they can yeah. try. <laughs> welcome back, Google bombing. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's part, part, partly Google, Google bombing, and it's also partly actual legitimate sentiment. So how do they control that? That's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, again, I'm not being political. It's just it's fact based on discussion. So I don't know how they can control that without messing with uh, the whole concept of keeping search fair. Mm. Anywho, when they did it with the, with the Bush Google bombing, it was it made sense because the anchor text had that phrase in it, but that phrase appeared nowhere on the page. Right. So it made sense. They could easily go and say, well, let's make a manual check because that's not a relevant result for that page because that phrase is not even on that page. Right. Well, that made sense. And you also have to assume um, that. <laughs> well, when when the. Uh, the news breaks about when the news broke about this of how they were manipulating and getting this ranking for idiot. They probably used an image of the person not to be named and used idiot as the image. The news articles I've seen are doing screen caps of the Google search results. Oh, so they'll show they, the, okay. Yeah. I gotta, I've got to see, did they title the image that? <laughs> yeah, that would be good. Um, so far, no. Let's see here. Uh, image info. Yep. <laughs> they did? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sure hey. not all of them did, but oh, my. Nothing like, nothing like supporting the Reddit community. <laughs> well, and I can't imagine the press has any problem doing that these days. Uh, That's true. They're not friends. Uh, anywho. Oh you know what? God, what about so funny. what yeah. about the uh, the uh, standard search results for that phrase? I mean, there's news results now, and all the news results are about that story about the the Google bombing. Well, uh, the news, re the, yeah, the results right now are about that because that's the top story. 
Yeah, exactly. Videos. There's some videos about that story. Wikipedia, People Magazine. Um, People Magazine has the second result. <laughs> the title of the page is Idiot with People Magazine, and it's all about uh, the images. So it's, it's made it to organic search second result already. <laughs> I, it, and wow. glad it didn't work on the knowledge panel. <laughs> yeah, me too. I looked at that as well. Luckily, the knowledge pan panel has been spared. Oh, man. Formerly a legal and psychiatric category of profound intellectual disability where a person's mental age is two years or less and he or she cannot guard himself or herself against common physical dangers. All right. Oh, there we go. All right, moving on. <laughs> yeah, let's move on before it gets dangerous for us. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, <laughs> all right. So, yes, a $5 billion bat. Ouch. Oh, man. So go See, into this. Talk talk about it. Then I want to I want to make a comment. Oh, I'm not, I, there's sure. not much to say that people haven't already heard. I'm sure, but uh, the European Union has fined Google five billion dollars over Android antitrust. So essentially, um, Android was doing what they considered to be um, blocking competitors, uh, anti competition, and uh, they figure it's absolutely clear and. They earned a good old five billion dollar slap on the old head, not face, not not hands. I mean, on the head. <laughs> Google the got nailed on this one. <laughs> but but here's my question, right? They're giving it away for free. So why shouldn't they be allowed to put some of their own software in there? And they they make it so you can change it. It's not locked into place, so you're forced to use it. But they give it away for free. They add some of their software. Why is that a problem? Well, I read about this, and um, we could talk about this for a while, but I, I don't, we shouldn't. But the, the one thing to note was uh, this one article I said mentioned three things. I'm going to remember one of them. <laughs> one of them was <laughs> that uh, uh, Google Play had become so critical. People expected it on their phones if they had an Android phone. However, so which meant that customization of phones was not really something that, you know, um, customization is not really the word, proprietary customization, I guess, of phones was difficult for handset manufacturers uh, because because Google insisted that if they, in order to put Google Play, they needed to have the browser and they also had to have, I think, some of their other apps. So okay. there were certain things that they made them do. And they also um, insisted that absolutely no fork of Android was allowed on a handset if they wanted to have Google's um, you know, Google Play, all these things that uh, well, are- that I didn't know. That, didn't make, that doesn't make sense because yeah. the, the manufacturers have to do forks to separate themselves. Yeah, and that's why, that's part of the reason. It was totally anti-competition there. They were not allowing it, hands down. No, no in between. Yeah. I kind of got a feeling of five billions pocket change at this point. Yeah, but you just know the EU will do it again next year <laughs> if they want to. There's, yeah. there's no limit to how much they can go after Google. I wonder what they, they would no do if Google just decided to pull out of Europe. No Android, no search, nothing, right? Uh, they, they, would they cheer, hey, we won, we won, yay. Or would they like freak out? I know they Google just, wouldn't do it, but just hypothetically. Uh, Google would lose too much money. They'd lose shares. It'd be a big, big hit. But you also have to look at, too, the... The, you, uh, the EU would lose even worse, I think. The people 
living there. You know, obviously I'm a fan of Android, so I certainly would hate it. Um, but you know, hacking is hacking. That'd be hacked everything, Google. Anyway, it would still be there. Um, yeah. The the thing too, I think here. So Google, Android. Um, I lost it. Damn it. <laughs> Anywho, I uh, can't count how many times that's happened to me. So the next bit here is about Matt Cutts, and I thought this was pretty cool too. Uh, I know you yeah. here, but uh, he and, and this does make sense too. Uh, there back in the day, Matt Cutts asked MozCon, Moz being one of the uh, the at that time smaller conferences, but now a lot larger, uh, not to bring in Black Hat speakers, and the perceived statement being that if you do, that this is not something we're comfortable with. Uh, and that makes good sense. I mean, if if Google's going to go to a conference, they probably don't want to be associated with one that also suggests ways to game Google. Um, okay. I don't I don't like the idea that it also sort of limits conference freedom of speech and such. But yeah, but the, the interesting thing is this is the first organizer of a concert, Rand Fish, Fishkin, organizer of a conference that actually came out and said that they asked for them to do this. There's no doubt in my mind that they asked every conference the same thing. They asked, you know, search engine or the what was the what before it was search engine strategies before it was uh, right. SMX. In both cases, I almost guarantee that they asked the same thing there. Um, I, I, I'm with you. I don't have a problem with it. I, I, I would rather not have a lot of the the black hat discuss, stuff discussed openly at all because it's like. I was in a, I was in a Facebook uh, group just just this week, and someone asked the question, "What's the best black hat, you know, technique you've ever used?" And there were lots of people answering all kinds of stuff. Um, my comment was, um, "I've got a really good one, but I'm not going to throw it in there and chum the waters because that's exactly what you're doing." Everybody that read that thread is going to go look up and try to figure out how to do the stuff that other people were talking about, and the same thing would have happened at conferences, right? It just spreads the. The, the the issue the problems that that black hat causes i mean and it does cause issues and, and people face that the fact, real go ahead face the facts too most of the time when you hear about something that people have done it's long since stopping worthy oh, of being used yeah yeah so they're going to hurt themselves and the people that that are doing this the, the really good black hats are on the cutting edge and they they're they know what's going on they know the impact of what they're doing they know the risks involved if you just talk about it in a conference to some novices or even even like something at smx advanced where there's really good people there in the audience as well as on the stage a lot of those people aren't going to understand the risks or the problems involved in these techniques you're talking about that could get themselves and potentially their clients in serious trouble yeah i mean so, the ones who do know that stuff like you said are the, the experts there's no incentive at all for them to share <laughs> Yeah, not, absolutely not. They make hundreds of thousands of dollars off this garbage. Um, and hey, that's their stick. Good, good, whatever. Good for them, I guess. But there's no reason they're going to share it unless you're going to give them the kind of coin that, that they could make from it. So that's Remind it. me to tell you after the show's over off the air, um, the, the one black hat te- technique I thought about sharing in that thing, but I'd like to do it. <laughs> sure. We'll make sure we stop recording. Yes. <laughs> it's um, pretty, it's pretty insidious. Like I found it out just because I was studying a co- competitor of one of my clients and, and like, wow, that's just crazy that they're getting away with this. 
Unreal. Well, it's time for the Mueller files. And uh, <laughs> uh, this is pretty cool. I mean, we talked about this before, but it got picked up again, which is, hey, that's good for us. Um, the search roundtable. So good old Barry Schwartz uh, noted that uh, John Mueller had picked us one of his top five podcasts. Yay. It sounded like the ones that he listened to, or I wasn't sure if he was just recommending them or that he actually listened. So, John, if you're listening, thank you. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was I was talking to somebody that, you know, Ross, you and I probably should start talking to John as we're in the podcast if he's listening to kind of help influence. I don't know if it'd work like it does in, you know, Fox News does it, but <laughs> we can try. Uh, uh. I'm, we're sorry, John. We don't want you to have any parallel to that. Well, no, not at all. We're, we're more comparing ourselves to Fox, not you to somebody else. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, uh, yes, well, who knows? We have the odd rant. I doubt it does anything, but uh, yeah, exactly. me, the odd time, you know, maybe once a year. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so it's good to see. And, and it, as a result, it's got picked up. It's gotten a little more attention. So hopefully we've got some new listeners. And if you're li- new to us, thanks for uh, giving us a try. Hope hope Absolutely. you're enjoying what you're listening to. I did see the questions pick up in the community um, recently. So either that was because we were asking people to or people started taking notice. So if you're new listening in, go to our SEO 101 community on Google Plus and ask your questions. We've got a really active community there. Yeah, and actually, uh, it's a good point. I was going to bring something up. Mark Taylor, our awesome uh, moderator, um, is probably going to take a little bit of a step back. So because John and I are very busy, um, we're going to have to consider what we want to do because we get a lot of spam on that community, as you might expect. Um, So I don't know where this is going to happen. John and I are going to talk about it. We may enable... um, you know that you have to request to join we'll make it quick but you may have to request to join just again so that we have the ability to uh pick and choose who make it in we're going to make let most people come in but then if they do post something that's obviously spam at least we can keep them out something that just might make things easier i don't know and google the the google plus community spam filters are actually really good better better than some that i've seen in other places so yeah they certainly have a lot of spam to work with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I look at some of the other SEO communities on Google Plus. I'm like, why do they have 60,000 members and we only have 10,000 members? It's because they let the spammers go crazy in those places and they just fill it up with spam. That's, yeah. that's what, you know, ours is a pretty well moderated. Mark does an amazing job, uh, moderated community to keep that stuff clean. So, yeah, I did. I did it today. And, you know, the fact is, I'm just going to ban people who spam. There's just no in between. If it's clear wow. spam, it's ban. Done. I've done that too. Yeah, absolutely. And that that will keep our, our numbers lower, but that's fine with us. For sure. Yeah. Okay, well, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we got some more Mueller files and uh, perhaps a community question if we get to her. Thanks. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. St. Jude continues to advance by increasing cure rates in childhood cancer. And donors are important to us because you get the feeling that you have a team behind you. When it comes to research and advancements, there are some things that only we can do because we have the resources and we have the focus. And so if St. Jude doesn't do it, who will? St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. 
Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. WebmasterRadio.fm is the destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Engage with our panel of on-air experts and peers by following us on Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on air or on demand from our website or through iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. Interact and stay informed. Just search for WebmasterRadio.fm. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So Google slows crawling with 500 errors. So 5XX errors, any kind of 500 error server error. So this is something that, uh, again, was from uh, John Mueller. Someone had brought it up. Uh, it was very, even John said, a very vague question. But essentially, he he did let one thing, made one thing clear, which is completely logical, that if Google is crawling a website and encounters 500 errors, um, they will slow their crawling. Uh, they're not likely to spend as much time on there. They're certainly going to be a little more weary. And you know why? Because 500 errors means that the server has failed to fulfill a request. So the server is having issues. Why spend valuable uh, bandwidth trying to index a website, one of trillions, if it's just not, or one of trillions of pages, that it's not uh, working properly? Do do you recall, I think there used to be a number that flew around the community about how many times Google will try a page before they give up. Mm, I don't know. I can't remember. I thought it was like three or four over a period of like, you know, a couple of days in between each one. And I think it would, um, it would totally depend upon the server notice that they're getting. Yeah, I would say so too, but they're going to, they're going to try it. They're going to try multiple times. They're not going to just hit that 500 and give up. They will come back. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right. What's next here? Um, so this is really interesting to me. Um, John was talking um, and so there's been a, there's been a little bit of question about redirecting if you're switching from an HTTP to an HTTPS site. And um, at one point, one of the representatives, I don't know if it was John or Gary, said, you don't really have to worry about redirects. We understand that. Um, there's, there's something called HSTS, HSTS, which stands for HTTP Strict Transport Security. It kind of forces a site to... to, to to go from HTTP to HTTPS. So people were saying, well, if you have that, you don't have to do the redirects because it already does it for you. Um, John was pretty clear um, that if you are switching from HTTP to HTTPS, you should be implementing redirects between the two. So a 301 redirect from your HTTP version of a page to an HTTPS version of a page. Um, 
pretty clear. I think the, the quote was, um, yes, always redirect if you can, right? So if you're, if you're wondering what should I do it or should I not do it, um, I've got HSTS configured, so I don't think I have to do it. John's recommendation is if you have the time, if you have the resources, always do it if you can. Yeah. So that's, any that's, listeners who are in the about to switch to HTTPS or perhaps did recently, send them to this article on Search Roundtable. That's uh, seroundtable.com. And the title is Google. You should redirect HTTP even if even with HSTS configured, and they'll get an idea of what's going on here. This is a webmaster. At least they can know they more technically minded perhaps to read up on this. I'd say the best quote though is at the end, quote unquote, uh, from John. Take your time to get HTTPS right first, then think about the implications of HSTS. Unquote. That makes sense. And kind of on a side note, kind of related to this, Bing ads recently strongly recommended that you use HTTPS URLs if you're using their advertising service. Mm -hmm. So if, if you haven't converted over to HTTPS yet, it's becoming more and more of a necessity. I mean, not only is the Google, Google ranking going to be impacted, now your paid advertising is starting to be impacted by it as well. When I believe I didn't read it all because I, I knew it wasn't really topical for us. Let me just check here on search engine land. I believe it said that I'll try and find the actual quote here, uh, but essentially that it was have an impact on uh, page quality score as well. Yeah, so, so you're talking about Google ads. Yeah. Yeah. Google ads, which is no longer AdWords. You can't call them AdWords anymore. They changed the name. Google Ads. Well, it certainly makes more sense to explain yes, to clients. It does. <laughs> <laughs> ah, let's hope they stick with it. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> okay, so what's up here? I'll go back to my notes. Always um, query filters. Oh, yes. So this is just a nice little ad, um, ad in here. Uh, when we're using Google Search Analytics, uh, there's ways to filter what kind of query sent you the traffic. They're still considering adding a voice query filter. It's very much not in the works, but uh, you know, John Mueller mentioned that this is something that they would certainly, you know, they, they hear about a lot and they aren't, they haven't ruled out yet. And they've been talking, they've been saying the same thing for well over a year, right? They say, yep, it's something we think we should do, but we haven't, we don't have any plans to do it yet. <laughs> I think they should do it too. They're going to have to do it at some point. Uh, I hope so. I, I, I can never gamble on anything for them, but uh, I, I sure hope yeah. they do. Me too. Okay. So let's jump onto this community question. I, I don't recall whether or not we touched on it last time. I believe we put it off because I needed a little research done it. We but. did say that we were going to look, we mentioned it and said we were going to look into it. And I hope you did because I was moving. <laughs> no, it's a question from Lee Hefner, and it is something based on a recommendation I've made. So I took it upon myself, but it says, quote unquote, one year ago, I adopted the Divi WordPress theme after hearing on your show that it was one of the better WordPress themes. Around the same time, you were recommending the use of accelerated mobile pages as being necessary to have face fast page loads for mobile devices. Uh, I'm going to unquote there just so I can reference that. We never said that you should have it for all sites nor that it's the best way to have a page load fast for mobile devices. Um, it's meant for specific applications. 
Um, I don't use Accelerate Mobile Pages on any one of my client sites. I would use it on because we don't do a lot of news-based or, or or sites that really would benefit from it greatly, at least as far as I know at this stage. So I just wanted to mention that. Um, he says, uh, and I'll start the quote again. He says, however, I'm now frustrated with the fact that Divi is not compatible with AMP. Can you recommend an excellent WP theme that WordPress theme that is compatible with AMP? Unquote. So yes, I actually didn't know this myself. I haven't, because I haven't applied AMP, I didn't realize this. So thank you. You've actually educated me a bit here, Lee. Um, I didn't realize that Divi wasn't compatible. However, I did find a tutorial, which I shared with you in your question just today, um, or that mentions how to do it. I haven't implemented. I have no idea if it works. Um, I do know that there's more info out there about it not being possible than there is possible, uh, which is disappointing. Uh, yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense because Divi has been around for a while. It is a very good um, framework. Uh, so... It would surprise me too when it, they said it wasn't compatible with AMP. And I, I, I got a better understanding of it back when I first researched this, but I can't recall it exactly. But it did make sense when I did read it. I'm like, oh, I can see why that doesn't work. Um, I think it's because of the rich layout development that Divi provides. Because he was saying, Lee was saying that he can make it work if he puts it into the normal content box that's not using Divi, the, the, the Divi builder. It works fine. Mm. But when he uses the Divi builder, which has rich layout, um, it doesn't work. Uh, so, so do you know anything about, and I know this is a little off topic, so I'm sorry, Lee, I'm, I'm hijacking your question for a second. The, the new version of WordPress that's coming out has the new, it's taken some stuff from Divi and implemented it into core WordPress. And I can't, it's, it has to do with um, creating your pages. Um, it'll be really interesting to see if they do that, if that'll have any, if this AMP question will have any impact on the core WordPress at that point. I'm pretty sure I've trashed those brain cells, but I do remember us talking a bit about that. Uh, anyway, it was the same, right. those are the same brain cells that I need to say the word WordPress, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, Lee, I am sorry. I, I you know, just got to, you know, try and read between the lines sometimes. I mean, I, I, I love Divi. I'm still behind it. I use it for every one of my sites if, if I can. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I had no idea you wanted to use accelerated mobile pages. So I couldn't have known to mention that as a caveat or even that it wouldn't work. It seems surprising to me myself. I would be very surprised, however, if it doesn't get fixed at some point. Yeah, what those guys are mean. good. Yeah, they're very good. It's an incredible community. But if it is completely impossible, which I guess is possible, then I don't know what we're going to do. Uh, well, you know, Divi's going to have to have a revamp. If the new WordPress is taking some of their functionality and making it a core to WordPress, they're going to have to update the way they do things as well. So maybe that's a, an opportunity for them to revamp it to include AMP compatibility. Direct. Yeah. yeah, well, and again, they're brilliant. I can see them adding yet more functionality now that WordPress can support parts of their aspects of their service. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I have no no doubt that it's going to be a, continue to be a great product. Um, okay, the next question is from Josh Overbeek. It says, I'm a longtime listener of the show. Hey, thank you, Josh. Thank One you. of our thank clients you. acquired a site that gets a lot of traffic built on a lot of toxic links, like 2,600. Oof. 
We are trying to figure out where to start with disavowing while preserving search engine ranking pages as much as possible. Should we take just take a nuclear approach and disavow any of the fishy links? Should we leave it? Some domains have hundreds of links pointing to the website. My gut is to just disavow everything except the higher quality links. I think I just need confirmation that this is the right decision, unquote. Mm. Um, and there was a couple of comments in the thread in our community on this question. Mark asked a couple of questions. And apparently a lot of the links have come in since January of this year. So they're relatively new um, spammy links. Um, but January is also a pretty long time for Google to discover them and have an impact on the site as well. Um, I guess I, my question would be getting, what? Sorry, go on. Yeah, go. No, I, I was saying, he says he gets a lot of traffic, and in in the, the in the 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 thread on the community, he gets like seven to eight hundred unique visitors a day, which is a good chunk of traffic. And he's worried that he's going to lose some of that if he starts disavowing all these spammy links. Just to kind of flesh this out a little bit. So I've had this situation before with other clients. Um, how I respond to it would probably di di differ based on the timeline of Google's, of, of the Google. But uh, in, in this situation, I'm, I'm always paranoid as well. Um, I would not just disavow everything. I would be extra cautious. Um, first of all, I'd like to know, you know, 2,600, what's the percentage of all the links pointing to the site? Is that a small percentage? Good question. Uh, I mean, if it is small, then don't worry about it. Um, maybe disavow just those, the worst, worst ones. Uh, and Google has to know and does know, I'm, I'm certain of it, that there is a portion of links that people get that they just can't control that are going to be crap. Um, and if it looks like it's something you bought, well, that's different. If it's a massive portion of the links you have, that's different. Now, let's assume it is a massive portion. What would you do? Well, in that situation, uh, I would be very slow about removing them. I would, I would prioritize them. I would do it very slowly. And that's only if you're really concerned about it. You said they, they, they have come in recently, which is the only thing that gives me pause. If it was something that had been there for a while, I, I'm, much sure, I'm not even sure I worry about it all that much. Um, mm -hmm. As long as you're continuing to build good ones to quit, you know, over time outweigh the others. Yeah, that was a factor for me too. Thinking about th this is, these are new links. So, a Google may not have really fully comprehended them yet, and they may have an impact down the road. Two, if they're new, have they stopped? Are they still coming in? And who's creating them? Right. That would be a couple of questions I'd want to know. And I'm also a little bit suspicious about this whole question, just because he used the the number twenty six hundred which is the, the name of the number one hacking magazine out there. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So. Well, and yeah, I, I have to wonder how all these came in in January. What was this person? What did the person buy? Yeah. Again, I would, I would want to look at the backlink profile and see if they all came in at once, if they came in gradually over three or four months, that kind of thing. Yeah. And you, and did, you did say that some of the domains have hundreds of links pointing to the website. If you know one domain that has 100 links and you know it's bad, that's the that's you start. You disavow that whole domain right off the yeah. bat to see how it has an impact, right? And do it slowly over time. Don't do them all at once. If if all of the links are bad and you're getting good rankings, then 
I don't know, your, your time's kind of numbered, your, your days are numbered anyway. I would just, until you've built better links, so build better links. Don't disavow anything if you want. Just yeah. keep business going. And and then, I mean, I know that's kind of crazy in some regards, but I, I want to play it safe. I want to make sure you got money coming in. Yeah. And I think your point, Ross, about the percentage of the overall backlink profile is a key one here, right? If it's 1% and you're still driving traffic, I wouldn't even bother with any of it, right? If it's 80% of your links, then you got a problem. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, hustle, get some of the other ones done. And the other question is, is, is this negative SEO? Um, yeah. Did the person buy these? If not, then that's a real question to consider. Not that you do much about it, but at least it's, it'd be good to know. Because uh, no matter that, if it is negative SEO and you make, let's say another website, let's say worst case scenario, well, it might just follow you because whoever was doing that may just be in on your case again. Uh, worst case scenario. Yeah. Oh. So, so Josh, I think the, the key takeaways here are one, understand where they came from and if it stopped Two, understand what percentage of your overall backlink profile these links are um, and, and act accordingly. And three, if you decide to do disavowing, don't do it all at once. Pick some of the more egregious ones, do them first, wait a little bit, see if there's any pack, impact and pick another set and do those over time. Yes. Don't go nuclear. There's a reason there's a lot of damage with nuclear. <laughs> it's exactly. a scary approach okay well i hope that helped you out josh and uh thanks for posting your question everyone else please post questions we love them and you can I tell we, we put some love into responses we want to make sure you guys are happy too well on behalf of myself ross dunn ceo of step forth web marketing and john carcutt the vice president of strategy for reflexive media thank you for joining us today if you have any questions you'd like to share with us please feel free to post them on our google plus community page easily found by searching SEO 101 podcast on Google. Have a great week and remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern every Monday on webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening, everybody. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Sure, you may be able to hear just how crispy the McDonald's crispy, juicy, tender chicken sandwich is, but that's just the beginning. The full crispy, juicy, tender experience comes after you take your first bite. But why stop there? Order ahead on the app and get medium fries and soft drink for free. Now that's a deal that tastes even better than it sounds. Valid 830 to 919, 1011 to 1031, and 1122 to 121221. Valid one time per week. McDonald's app download and registration required.